stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Well, hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining. We're going to do a special, special event today. Uh, Normally, Christine and I banter back and forth together, but we are going to start and jump right in because we have some very, very special guests. Uh, My name is Tony Gapastone. I'm going to sign my name because I know how to do that. T-O-N-Y. Tony Gapastone. I am the founder and executive director of Brave Maker. I'm a filmmaker and actor myself. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, his, and I am a Caucasian man living in Redwood City, California, the Bay Area. And I am always joined by my friend, the fabulous co- uh, collaborator and producer yes. of my next feature Ow! film, Christina <laughs> Ray Jackson. Welcome. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you, Tony. I am Christina Ray Jackson. My pronouns are he, she, they. I am queer and coming to you from Dublin, California. And I'm also a filmmaker and an actor and a comic book writer. And I'm rocking a wild blue fro today with the blue Batman cosplay costume on. And uh, it's wonderful to be here, Tony. And we have a very exciting show uh, with some exciting filmmakers who we will be um, potentially seeing this summer. Potentially is, we could say like it's confirmed. We are going to be hanging out with the (laughs) filmmakers of a film called Being Michelle. And that is what we are here to discuss today. And so uh, before we jump in, we have to, uh, you know, filmmakers, we're going to have them introduce themselves Mm -hmm. and talk about their roles and their journeys. But we, Christine and I, uh, we took two weeks off. It was actually a very nice two weeks off. Uh, It was. It was a much needed two weeks off before we jump into our film festival, which is just six weeks away. And this is the very first promotional podcast leading up to that festival. But before we do our focused conversation today, Christine and I always ask or respond to a question. And that question is, how are you braving your way toward your creative goals? And so if you're watching us live, I see a bunch of you are on live. Please feel free to jump in the the comments and say, what's one thing you've done this week to focus on your, your film, your acting career, your music, the book that you're doing, whatever creative thing you are doing, what have you done to move it forward in one small way? Christina, what have you done this week? had a very uh, productive conversation with our animation team. Tony and I shot a music video uh, for a music video that will be premiering hopefully at the film festival. So we had a meeting with the animation team. We are very excited to debut this video. It's one step closer. This is something we've been working on for the better part of a year, maybe over a year. Uh, So that's very exciting. That's how I'm braving my way. And May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Tony said we mentioned we took two weeks off. Definitely, I took a beat. I disconnected. Mm. I highly recommend it. Disconnect from social media, email, your iPhone. Take a minute to breathe and enjoy nature and enjoy the loved ones you have around you. And that's what I did to brave my way. What about you, Tony? I spent time with some of my favorite people outside of my family. They're my other family, my chosen family, my Brave Maker family. We hung out yesterday and right. we went to dinner and we had some very focused meetings on the film festival, but we shot a quick little promo and I want to share it with you all right now. Oh, you're awesome. 
truly, truly love these people. And we together are supporting filmmakers like you're going to meet right here. So that's how I was braving my way this week, just making a little thing that took us about an hour to shoot. And then I probably spent, you know, 45 minutes finding a song. I just realized I didn't even buy that song. I just had the the watermark. So I got to change that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but that was that was really fun. So with that, keep fun. going after your dreams, everybody. Yep. Keep following, keep making things happen. Don't give up. It takes time. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And I'm sure we're going to hear that very thing about the film we're going to talk about today. So with that, yep. Christina, I will turn it over to you. With that, welcome the filmmakers from Being Michelle. Welcome Dr. May Kennedy. And welcome Aten and May. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> We are excited. Absolutely. You're excited to be. We're so excited to have you and very excited to be uh, hanging out with you later on this summer at the film festival. That is July 7th through the 11th. But let's jump in. I'm a huge comic book fan. I'm in comic book world. I got to approve a couple of colored pages this week. So let's start with origin stories. Uh, Let's start with Dr. May Kennedy. We would love to know, well, introduce yourself. Uh, Let's get a, a visual description and where were you born and raised? How has your journey uniquely prepared you for the work you're doing today? I know it's a lot. Hi, everyone. Yes, so I am Dr. May Kennedy. Um, I am the social impact advisor for this film. Uh, my description is Asian. I'm an Asian female with long black hair wearing a brown shirt. And I am deaf and I'm using sign language. Um, I was born and raised in Maryland. I was born in a deaf family. My parents are deaf and I have a deaf brother. I grew up in Maryland and um, I moved to Austin, Texas, where I am currently. I've been here over 15 years. Um, I guess as far as background, I am in instructional technology. My PhD is in instructional technology and somehow along the way, um, a colleague of mine led me to this film. Um, It was through a colleague who I had worked with previously and that is how I got involved with the film. When I first watched the film, it really blew my mind um, how much this story aligned with my personal experience. Uh, reason being is my son has autism and this film is about a deaf autistic woman. Um, and my father, as I said, is also deaf and he served in federal prison for seven and a half years. And I've seen firsthand um, the challenges that he faced and the oppression that he faced and the two journeys really aligned and I was just so honored to be a part of this film. Wow, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Okay, we're going to throw the question over to attend. Where were you born and raised? How has your journey uniquely prepared you for the work you're doing? And yeah, you guys can decide who wants to go first. They are together uh, in this uh, video chat today. Well, my name is Atin, and uh, I'm Indian. I was uh, born and raised in a a small town, not as very small, but uh, it's a place called Varanasi. It's one of the oldest living city on the earth. And, uh, you know, so, uh, and I pronounce he, him, and 
it's M and E. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, growing up in uh, India, and you know, and I was born in the in a uh, rich family, but then we lost all the money and stuff. And I fall in love with the with the street kids, and I grew up around street with the street kid as a you know you can call it tourist guide, or I did so many things, you know, and uh, and. You know, a struggle through the young age, trying to find what I want in my life, and I came across uh, with the blessing of universe that you know, some photographer, a friend photographer, and uh, other filmmakers, and uh, they basically, you know, uh, I don't know how to you know take photos and stuff, but uh, they are the one taught me a little bit, and I start taking photos, and they told me that I can take I. They go to school and college for photography, but I never went. And they said, your photo is much more better than mine. So you should keep continue doing it. But still, I didn't know what photography mean. I was just taking photos, you know, like I didn't have a sense of, you know, uh, what you may call a uh, university standard or college standard, you know, uh, uh, compositions or frame or lighting and the stuff. I just, you know, did what I, I think, maybe I think I feel like the, as a filmmaker, especially as an artist, I, I think I was forced to become artist. I don't know if I was artist before, uh, but I think the one thing does that if you have a hardship and experience, tough experience, you're naturally become, uh, I think as soon as you get art into your hand, then you know, it really helps you to understand the world because you went through those process, you know, you learn how people react or cry or go through tough time because you went through the same time so yeah uh, and i think that that was the uh the one thing drove me that i just want to tell a story because i think this story has uh th there's so many you know like everyone has a story but then there's so many stories like me and michelle like michelle uh if we don't bring that out to the world the world will never know about them and that look story basically is you know it's lost so i think as a as a filmmakers and artists we have responsibility to share these stories to the world and the world has to decide what they want to do with that oh i love that i am yes and amening you all over yes. here atin you're speaking our language it's great atin thank you is speaking our language absolutely definitely we have all been brought here together because we are artists and many of us have experienced challenge and struggle. I have personally, I usually include it in my visual description, but I'm not in my power chair today. I am a quadriplegic. I was paralyzed at 19. I definitely utilize art and enjoy art as an outlet to share my story and my journey and my struggles with others. That's really what helped me resonate with Michelle's story. It's so incredible. Uh, so yes, thank you. And now we are going to throw the question to May. Uh, please introduce yourself, give us a description, and tell us where you were born and raised. How has your journey uniquely prepared you for the work you're doing today? So my name is May. Um, I'm a white woman with brown hair. It's pulled back in a bun. I have a black t-shirt on and some little round earrings. Um, I um, was born in a small town in Southern Colorado called Westcliff. It's, it's in a beautiful mountain valley, and we lived there. I um, have an older brother and a younger sister. We lived there till I was about seven, and we started moving around the United States, um, lived in a number of different places. And um, 
starting at that age, I think, and having the experience of living in places where culture was very different or, you know, I've been through a whole gamut of different types of schools. Um, it just kind of from a young, young age made me um, able to connect with people from a variety of backgrounds. And I really love um, connecting with people from all over. Um, ultimately in college, I ended up studying abroad in India and I lived in Varanasi for about a year. Um, halfway through my time there, I met the Tin and that was the beginning of our relationship. We're married and we um, make films together. We've been working together as filmmakers um, quite a number of years. We have another project we've been working on for a very long time. Um, but Being Michelle is our first completed film. I am a producer on the film and Tin and I work very closely. Um, independent filmmaking is, is a long, a long, <laughs> challenging and amazingly beautiful journey. Um, and um, one of my favorite things about it is pulling together the team that we work with because ultimately we can't do this alone. Um, we have an amazing team that we're working with. So I'll stop there for now. <laughs> we're so excited to be here. Kudos uh, to filmmaking duos and you, you know the finding the right team and then marrying part of that team that's beautiful congratulations beautiful, yeah. <laughs> on that uh if you're just joining in my name is tony gapastone and i'm talking uh with christina jackson my co-host with the team behind the film being michelle you can find them on instagram at being michelle film that's their handle at being michelle film you can also find them on the web at being michelle.com and they are an official selection of the brave maker film festival we are going to watch a 45 second teaser trailer about this film and we're going to encourage you to come and meet them and see the film in person on july 7th Sorry, July 9th, that's a Saturday. The film festival starts July 7th. Their film is screening on Saturday, July 9th. And we're we're just beyond excited to share this film with our Redwood City audiences. It is truly a film that will open up your eyes uh, on many different subjects to create empathy uh, for how we need to embrace uh, people of all abilities, but also looking at our justice system and what happens to people who are incarcerated. And when we don't provide uh, needed things for people like Michelle, who did not have an interpreter, a deaf autistic woman who didn't have an interpreter for five years as she was uh, incarcerated. So we're going to share this 45 second trailer with you, and then we're going to come back and we're going to hear uh, about the making of this film. Uh, I love that, May, you said it was a, a wonderful and beautiful creation. And I know you left a lot of other descriptive words out of there, I'm sure, because making films are such a sacrifice a wonderful and beautiful sacrifice that takes a lot of time energy and money sweat blood and tears but we know it's so worth it to birth a story and literally in the story whoo is such a is such a beautiful story so here we go we're going to share the trailer with you all she's terrified of police officers you want to take your jacket off because you're hot? Are you hot? She won't talk. She's dead. Oh, she is? I can't even conceive of not being able to hear and not being able to talk in Florida State Prison.
beingmichelle.com. Check it out. Learn more about the film and the filmmakers. Well, let's jump right in. So, uh, so first of all, how did you find Michelle? How did you come across this beautiful person? And what an artist she is, by the way. Uh, by the way, I have some big dreams about doing. We already have a few artists who will be exhibiting their work at some of our venues. So we're also looking for artists uh, we of all abilities. We have an LGBT artist on our opening night from Ability Path. Christina will know who that is, uh, one of our partners that works with people of all abilities to uh, help them find life skills and uh, equip them with their jobs. But for July 9th, maybe we can have some Michelle art. I don't know, but we are also looking for artists who would want to partner and show show their work in our venues, at the, at the theater lobbies and different things. So reach out to us if that's you. But Atin, in May, how did you find Michelle? Tell us about the, the, the genesis of this documentary. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I was uh, at first thing, you know, like we were um, making this another documentary. It's been 13 years we are trying to finish. Uh, uh, we we're following the three women for, you know, like the last 13 years was the hardest, uh, hardest thing I ever worked on. And so I was on the work in India and I, a friend of mine, I came back just and a friend of mine called me and says, well, you know, we have. I, ha I know someone that you really want to make film about. And I was like, okay, who is that person is? And he says, her name is Kim. And I say, okay, well, uh, and I say, well, you know, it's, it's very hard to make documentary and I know you want me to do it, but it's a long process. We don't know how long it's going to take. Uh, but he said, you know, he, let's discuss because I already bought a ticket. Let's discuss when we are there. So, uh, he, you know, he, I didn't leave any... Uh, any option. He's also our uh, EP. His name is Rajiv Sangvi, such an amazing human being and good friend. So we flew and uh, I met Kim and I saw Michelle for just a you know, few seconds here. Then she was very shy. You know, she was always hiding behind, you know. And so I saw it, but I didn't know much about her. And uh, we had to go to Panama City to meet Kim parents because there was a big, huge uh, hurricane hit and it was you know devastating there in Panama. So we went there and as soon as we arrived, we saw the, uh, we heard the news that Michelle ran away. And I was like, what, who is Michelle and what, why she run away? So we had, we, I didn't have any answer basically. I just turned on my camera and we just followed that chase. Uh, and it was 18 hours total, you know, until we found her. And that's the part of the film, you know. I'm not going to reveal anything but more. Uh, but that was the basically kick. I looked up and I said to Universe, I think there's something really powerful and strong about her. And same, you know, like the art was, you know, who she is. And and also we looked at each other and we had this click that, you know, her, as, and within a few hours we start talking. And I, I don't know the sign language and stuff, but I think... We figure out our own language and we write things or we text, you know, through communicate through the text uh, message and messages and the stuff. And, you know, and then she just opened up and, you know, uh, yeah, it's a, you know, the people, you know, we can, we can talk about it so many ways, but, you know, what made me uh, and May both feel like we need to make this film. It's because who she is and how strong she is and what she went through. You know, coming from India, like, you know, you have this, you know, a dream in India. Oh, America is the perfect place. Everything is great. And when you arrived and 
it was the first encounter I had with the deaf community in that way. And it was very shocking and, br- and a brutal in the same way that how, how uh, we don't hear this kind of story internationally even. Because, you know, internationally, America image is very, it's all about dollars. It's all about money. It's all about how great this country is and how powerful army or weapons. It's all about, always about money, not about how uh, how people are also struggling in this country you know so caring for the vulnerable which yeah. obviously in this day and time we're seeing that be the case with you know so many kids who lost their lives yesterday in austin yeah. texas yeah. yeah so you know so that i feel like that was pretty you know shocking to us and then you know as soon as we start figuring out the numbers and stuff and we were like oh wow there's not only michelle there's so many deaf people disabled people in the prison system so I think that was the beginning, but I will say we are all here because of Michelle. And, you know, I always thanks her because it's very hard uh, for people to just come and tell their story with the dignity and honesty and sometimes going back into the trauma. You know, I think what she did is just the, I'm always grateful. And I think this country should be grateful too that she step up, you know, to share her story. Absolutely. That's the perfect description. I'm so grateful to Michelle for being vulnerable and sharing this story. Um, The disability community is so broad and so colorful, but her story is one that even I had never heard anything like it. You know, I'm familiar with police brutality as a black person in a wheelchair. I'm very familiar with that. I had no idea about the experience of people who are deaf with autism. And, And like you said, it was so brutal and so shocking. And it's what we need to be talking about instead of money and material things that don't really matter we need to get back to how do we support and love the most vulnerable among us and how do we you know start to share that message so thank you yeah tony you were gonna say yeah i wanted to hear about the making of because it looks like you i mean you did a lot of uh, reenactment with michelle like how powerful and also he, potentially healing or not, could that have been, right? So can you talk us through that as a documentarian filmmaker? You know, there's so many different ways to tell a story and the fact that you were able to partner with Michelle to reenact some of those things, I thought was a really interesting choice. Tell us about that. Yeah. No, I think the one of the one of the hardest thing we ever shot was the in the prison, you know, when she had this black box, so, uh, you know, and then, so man, we discussed and I was like, you know, I don't want her to do that. I don't want her to go into prison and, you know, again, had those chains and stuff. So I, I told her that, you know, I'm going to find some actor or someone and not going to show their face and do all this thing. And she's like, no, this was my story and I want to do it. So, you know, the Michelle involvement was uh, as soon as she figured out, I think that's, that's the one thing as a filmmaker, we don't value so much because we are always you know, trapped into so many other things, just exhausting. But the one thing was the most powerful, as soon as the, she understood what filmmaking is, she was a part of the camera. She was, you know, watching all the shootings. I started shooting and showing her because I was living in their property and on in RV basically. So I shoot some stuff and I show her because before she was like, oh, why are you shooting my photo? Why are you taking this and that? As soon as she learned and she saw and we build that trust between, you know, team and her. And our team was only two people, basically, you know. And then we had a, we trained a sound person was a sound girl was the daughter of Kim. So we trained her how to do the sound. And now she's an amazing sound person, you know. And so 
for me, it was very important to keep the crew and equipment also very small uh, because and have the same times very high quality, you know, and images. But we kept it because the reason is it's, it's a trust and also it's a privacy issues, you know, to respect her space. You know? so. And I'll just add to that that, you know, one of the most powerful things in this film and also in our other film that's in progress is the camera itself and having our team who sits down to truly listen to someone's story. It's like one, it's like the first step of healing, like giving them the space where they are able to share what they've experienced and be heard and feel heard and be supported. Um, yeah, it's really powerful. And then to have her work with us the whole way, you know, um, with her paintings and, you know, finding other pieces that should come into the story and, you know, various interviews connecting us. It was, um, we had a full rough cut that we had put together and um, we had worked with a couple interpreters to make an ASL version so that Michelle could watch it as well and give us feedback. Um, Michelle experienced language deprivation from a very young age. And so, you know, she can't read um, fully, you know, captions and understand what's going on. So we had an ASL version, but even the ASL version parts of it were hard for her to understand. So we also worked with a deaf interpreter alongside the ASL version to make sure she understood, you know, what the film was. We got her feedback. And it was during that trip that she found her foster mom on Facebook. That, that was cool. So, uh, you know, we shouldn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're... <laughs> no spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. No, but, you know, one thing you have to understand, despite whatever happened to her, uh, she's very focused if you tell her something to do she'll put her soul and heart into that and she will get get it done like some of the stuff she found in the film i don't we were trying everywhere we couldn't find it and she went on the internet air there and then she found wow yeah like even like addresses and stuff it's like seven years ago six years ago i don't know how because she had google earth so she went in Google it and found all those addresses for us, you know. She is so, so remarkable. You know, because she was also become very passionate about her own mm -hmm. story, you know, and that's the, something I say as a filmmaker that this why story is so important because, yeah. you know, it's listening someone is one mm -hmm. of the most beautiful thing. If you can just sit and listen their story, I think that's what was not happening to her. People, they never give her freedom. They never give her mm -hmm. space. They never respect her space. And also, they never sat down, even on her own family. They didn't have time because of other issues. Uh, they never sat down with her and just to listen, oh, how's your day and what she, what you, you know, and like how you survived basically through all mm -hmm. this year. So I think yes. that, that really, uh, that I think that was the key for the building that trust with her because then she, knew that she has she is in safe hand you know mm -hmm. Just, you know yeah. michelle's passion is what makes i think this film so magical because you do feel like you're seeing something very intimate you could tell that she's with people that she trusts that she feels safe in the way that she shared you know very difficult aspects of her life in a very generous way and i thought that was really incredible i'm curious dr kennedy what was your approach uh, to bringing this story to life. I'm so sorry. Um, the interpreter's video has been freezing up. It's been a bit hard oh. to follow, but could you repeat your question? I'm so sorry. 
Yeah, absolutely. What was your approach to help bring this story to life in a, in a very authentic and passionate way as Michelle was conveying oh, I'm it? I'm so sorry, still freezing. Um, what was my approach to, and then the video cut out. Oh, bringing this story to life, bringing Michelle's story to life. Um, so my experience was definitely meeting with her in person and getting to know her. Um, and when I first met her, I honestly didn't know what to expect because I did see the movie, but after I met her, oh my goodness, <laughs> it was discovering just how full of passion, energy, and hope that she had for life, that she really wanted to live her life. Her confidence had increased tenfold. That was something I had not, yes, can the interpreter see me okay? Am I freezing? No, you're fine. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> so her confidence had increased tenfold even after just watching the movie and meeting her in person. Um, and I, I was, I wanted to bring her voice out from under the shadows. And so we had discussed some different ideas uh, with the team, how to create more of an impact for this film. Um, one idea was to add educational supplemental materials to the film, using that as a way to continue to push for education, to push for change. Um, but her voice is so important and it's just, as you said, very important to share that authentically. Um, one thing I wanted to add from earlier, I didn't get a chance to, but um, art is truly Michelle's medium to express different things, but also to depict her trauma um, and depict her hope in the same way. Um, art is a form of communication for her. So um, my connection with Michelle is seeing that even though there may be things she does not understand, she will ask. She asks questions to gain understanding. She's not afraid to get clarity. She's not afraid to broaden her understanding and to get better. She's just a tremendous, tremendous person. It was just amazing to meet her and be a part of this journey. Thank you, Dr. May Kennedy. Uh, I so appreciate the talent of her art too i mean it's good art <laughs> it's really good art and those of you who will follow can follow along on the instagram page i really encourage you to do that because you'll see some of that at being michelle film that's their handle on instagram and in the film they you do a really yes. good job of weaving that in together yes and to add to that she actually created a piece of art for me which is incredibly special uh, let's see. That now. yes Oh, that's so cool. Michelle loves cats. <laughs> that is so cool. Yes. So what, so what could you describe it? Give a physical description. Uh, could you describe that? It looked like it was a, uh, I forget that we can't oh, do yeah, it. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, so um, this painting is in an aqua color with clouds surrounding the subject with an I love you balloon that a cat is holding. Um, and this is from... This is in the style of the 1950s. We can do it. Um, that's a picture of a, a cat with that outfit on and then a little girl that is riding on the string of the balloon that says, I love you. 
And there's the, one airplane in the top corner flying through the sky. I love that. And the balloon is, a, right, a, yes. is the sign of I love you. So the balloon is yes. the sign of I love you. Yes. Yes, that's correct. Yes, so the balloon cool. um, has the sign of I love you. And <clears throat> the airplane is significant because during the, um, the film festival, it was her first time getting on a flight in her life. So it was her first flight ever. And... I just think that really applies to how brave she is. Again, how brave she was to tell her story, how brave she was to try new things, how brave she is to continue exploring what the world has to offer her. Um, that she did not get that experience. She did not get to experience that growing up. So it's just wonderful. It's just very depictive, this picture. Well, you know, as brave maker as the film festival named with the word brave in it I, that's why it's it's per a perfect story for us to share and to celebrate because we believe and i think you're all saying this too we believe stories can change us change the world they can alter the way that we see the world change us as humans but they can also change systems and that's really what i also see this film uh doing for the future bettering those who have to endure what uh, michelle endured but not have to endure alone and or without their basic needs of being able to speak in uh, in ASL and get interpretation while they're incarcerated and all those different things that the film um, surface. So I'm gonna encourage you, Brave Maker audiences, uh, please go to our website, bravemaker.com, sure, sure. and yeah. get tickets to watch this film on Saturday, July 9th at 3 p.m. at the Century 20 Theater in Redwood City, California, on the big screen, and stay after for a panel discussion. We, we always want to uh, program a film that has a panel discussion after because we believe film partnered with conversation is what can really open us up and open our minds and help us to take action. And I also love that you're creating those resources for follow up because, uh, again, the, the, the medium of storytelling, you know, we watch a film like we like then what we want to do something about it. So I think it's so, so powerful. Uh, and you have a great website and a great presence on uh, online so thank you that you said yes to coming to redwood city we're really excited to be able to share this film is there anything before we um close our time is there anything you want to tell people who are maybe uh curious about documentaries i still feel as if documentaries they're gaining popularity they're becoming more and more mainstream in the zeitgeist but there are still people who are like documentaries talking head no thank you what would you say to entice a person to come to a film festival number one to see a documentary number two i would say you get the opportunity to hear michelle's story it's a true story um in her in her language um from her um and you get to meet her in person afterwards <laughs> is she gonna be there yes michelle's coming ah, yeah. i didn't know that yes. i don't think i did maybe i you, i didn't know that until now that's amazing i'm so excited. yes yes and i would like to add too that every time i see the film i feel impacted again and again and again um there are many emotions that will be felt, you know, many things to think about seeing things through her eyes. Oh my goodness. Aten and May did an amazing job delivering her story for people to see it. You have to see it. You just have to see it. 
Do not sleep on the tickets, y'all. There's only 200 and some tickets. So get on it. And uh, four days of film festival uh, screenings, parties, panel discussions. We are continuing to release the schedule on our website. You can check it out from Thursday night, our opening night with Mama Bears, another amazing documentary about people rising up above the obstacles that have been put before them to an outdoor um, documentary in the square of Redwood City called Alice Street to narrative feature short film animation. We also have some really cool people coming up from Los Angeles, TV showrunner uh, Jeffrey Lieber, uh, who just wrapped uh, some time on Charmed on the CW, but also is the co-creator of Lost, as well as Angela Harvey, wrote on 100 episodes of Teen Wolf on MTV and is currently working on some um, really cool things in inclusion and diversity in regards to writers in LA. Can't wait for you to meet them. There are workshops and meetups for actors, for filmmakers, screenwriters, and directors, all sorts of really cool things. Uh, we have some really great panel discussions on sexual assault in the educational athletic um, industry, as well as some really cool documentaries about what's happening uh, in our the food that we eat every day and the people whose hands harvest that and bring them to our tables and you know the untold stories of our, our farm workers in our country. So do not miss the Brave Maker Film Festival from July 7th through the 10th. All right. Well, it is time for the end of our show. And that is the show, the segment that we call Brave Faves. Brave Faves. TV shows, films, books, songs, technology, clothing, podcast, food, and more. These are a few of our favorite people, places, and things. Brave Faves. All right. We'll start with Christina. What's your favorite thing of the week? Wonderful. Looks like I made it back right on time. So we love storytelling. Stories change the world, especially brave, vulnerable stories. There's a great show on HBO Max that I've just discovered, Caught the Shop. And some stars you may recognize, Snoop Dogg, Jon Stewart, Drake, Jimmy Kimmel, and Ice Cube are just some of the big names who step into barbershops across America to chat with LeBron James and Maverick Carter about sports, pop culture, world events, business, and much, much more. And I think it is spaces like these where you feel safe and we can open up and share stories like Michelle's and share stories like ours. You know, what life is like in America, being black, being disabled, having autism, having a parent in prison, what that was like growing up in that way, um, life changing dramatically due to injury or accident or being incarcerated. So I think more spaces like these can help change the world. Let's continue to have conversations about gun reform and about yes. violence, about how we can love and support all of us, but especially the most vulnerable among us who don't normally have a voice and aren't seen and aren't heard. So that's my brave fave. And I'll throw it over to you, Tony. My brave fave is Barry on HBO Max. It is in its third season. I loved uh, season one and season two a ton. It's sort of this high concept TV show starring Bill Hader about a hitman who goes to acting school and decides he wants to give up killing people to be a hitman, to be an actor. And, oh. uh, and then, uh, you know, hijinks ensue and it's, it takes place in LA. So I love, I love LA industry stories, you know, because I, 
I know what it feels like to be pitching things and going on auditions. So you've got that coupled with this organized crime comedy. It's really fun. And maybe season three is a little bit more on the the dark kind of sad side of, uh, of the story for both the acting and for the guy who's trying to make good choices and deal with his own mental health. So Barry, HBO Max, or HBO, I, I love it. Bill Hader is really great. And Henry Winkler is so great as the acting teacher. I love Henry Winkler. So, so good. All right, Dr. May, what do you have? What's your favorite thing of the week? Honestly, I thought about one um, that I would love to share. Just in general, though, it's an app, uh, which was crucial to our team that we use very often. Um, and this is what I use on the daily to communicate with hearing people. It's called Cardzilla. Um, and the Cardzilla app was developed by a deaf person. So check it out. It's really cool. You can type something in, it's in big font and you let someone read it and then you shake your phone and it disappears. And then you can type again. <laughs> cool. Cardzilla. So would Cardzilla yeah, be something? And then you can also, um, uh, speak to text too. So for people that um, are not able to text, you can speak to text, which is great. So Love Cardzilla that. should be an app that for us Brave Makers, we should really be using when we all see you in person uh, in, in July. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Cardzilla. All right. We will do that. Yes. Atin, what about you? Well, I'm a. Uh, uh... I'm looking for the, my next camera. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know, like, so, you know, like I always try to find the camera is more compatible, uh, especially as a filmmaker. And if I, I don't want to do everything, but if I can do a one or two person shoot for my next projects and stuff. So the, the, the revolution started by, uh, it came a few months ago, but I'm doing a lot of research right now. It's a DJI Ronin 4D. It's a camera, so it's a gimbal plus camera. Ooh. So you don't need it. You don't need a tripod. You don't need a gimbal because that's the biggest struggle as a camera person. I've been in a in a in a film yeah. and, and camera for last like 15, 14, 15 years, and so I think this is a huge because uh, you don't have to have a tripod. You don't have to have anything, and there will be no shake and stuff, and it's easy to carry. And you have, a, I'm all about quality. So I'm a quality mm -hmm. freak. I call myself because I feel like the the the, the idea the people they have the, oh a documentary can be shot by anything or any camera. Uh, I'm against with that kind of camera. Yeah, sure, you can shoot an iPhone and for certain things you can use that. And especially COVID time, I understand Zoom and computer. But I do feel like there should be there shouldn't be no compromise between fiction and nonfiction by quality. You know. Right. Because the story is doesn't have a famous celebrity inside or doesn't have written by or produced by someone big, you go to cheap camera. No, I don't believe in that. So yeah. this camera, I think, is going to make a revolution for us, for filmmakers. And I think yeah, it's a, it looks like it's beautiful. So. Serve the story. So, so for all the people who love gear, what did you film being Michelle on? We shot with the two camera, basically. There was always two camera. And uh, I shot with uh, Allison. And she did a, uh, she used a Sony A9 uh, for the more, most of the, you know, the, when we are doing in gimbal, anything is moving in action. And then I had my uh, Panasonic EVA one with my Canon uh, cinema lens series I have. So they are all manual lenses because I love manually. I don't believe in auto, you know, I'm old school still. I like the film cameras. So for me, it's like always was that, you know, I don't, 
I don't want to create a trash, you know. I want to create the beautiful images. And for me, I treat it still the digital as a film, you know, mm-hmm. because sooner or later, it's going to hurt you when it, your hard drive grows and everything is grows, especially if you're shooting 4K, even if you're doing proxy or whatever, it's still, you know, we, we spend almost probably uh, 50 terabyte on this film, like, you know, terabyte, you're talking about a lot, a lot, lot of hard drive <laughs> space. Yeah. You know? So, but we shot for three and a half years, you know, and, um, uh, but I think that, yeah, that's, that's the, the, yeah, like you, I feel like the, when you shoot less, you're more happy because the reason is um, you are not happy only, but you're making a rest of the people. They're coming in the future on the board as editors or editors. <laughs> making yeah. everyone happy. Because, Your editor. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For yeah. Sure. And you memorize too. That's the other thing. If you shoot something that has meaning and has a power that you it's, it's all here. It's recorded. So mm-hmm. most of the times, even if I shot and was 17, 18, 20 terabyte of footage, sit down with the editor and they ask me, they call me and I say, oh, you need to go this day, this, this. I don't have to look at the. You know it. You Because so, you know, those are memories, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as I'm listening to you talking, I'm just thinking that there are so many people who want to get coffee with you when you come up to Redwood City. So uh, to all of our filmmakers in the Bay Area who are coming to the Rave Maker Film Festival, there's so much time in the schedule to grab coffee at our our, our sponsoring cafe, Ciclismo, grab a cup of coffee and talk gear, talk shop with a tin. He's obviously got a lot of experience yeah. and, uh, and knowledge to share. And I can't wait to see all the connections that come from from this experience. Awesome. Uh, uh, May, what about you? What's your brave fave? Um, well, I got off a meeting today with um, the guided campaign program with Looky Looky Pictures. And I just want to give a shout out to Looky Looky Pictures. If you're an independent filmmaker who's been on a long journey trying to get your film out, doing everything, you know, um, Looky Looky Pictures has been an incredible support on mm. brainstorming and thinking about and planning and implementing our social impact campaign. Awesome. Annie Mercedes is just amazing. And I, I've i said um, before to Annie that her guided campaign program has probably been the greatest support we have received as independent documentary filmmakers in our 15 plus year of working together in this in this in this realm. So check it out. Looky Looky Pictures. Yeah. So, so for clarification, they are doing the, not social media or social media as well as impact like your resources development or what? So it's a guided campaign program for a social impact campaign for your film. Gotcha. So, you know, you have this powerful documentary, you've worked yeah. so hard to get it together. And then there's this whole next journey of figuring out how you're going to connect the film with the audiences that need to mm-hmm. see it, with the audiences that can actually start making those changes um, that need to happen in the systems and in our wow. society. And so Annie's just done an amazing job of putting together, she's cool. a social impact producer herself. She's done an amazing job of putting together um, resources and really just like, it's like, okay, start here and you follow this map and it's, and then you get to meet weekly with other independent filmmakers who are also on their journey and you ask, you know, have conversations, ask questions. It's just been incredible. Incredible. Love this. Yes. Right on. Well, thank you so much to our friends from Being Michelle, the film. Please follow them at Being Michelle Film on Insta and go to their website at beingmichelle.com to learn more about their film. Follow them on all their socials. And again, July 9th, Saturday at 3 p.m. in the Redwood City Century 20 Cinemark Theater. We will be there. 
panel discussions. And I think you're going to come up early. We're going to hang out. We're going to party. We're going to have fun. We're going to meet and schmooze and, and celebrate the power of film all around, the power of the deaf community and their stories that you get to tell. Really excited to have you. Uh, I'll do my... Uh, my ending with everybody on here my uh, huge thank you to our Braidmaker community for the support i'm also going to thank prince street partners who are our presenting sponsor for the film festival we cannot do it without our corporate sponsors without our individual donors that give us everything from the gear to help us pay the rent in our studios to allow us to get lodging and give our our feature filmmakers a little bit of stipend a little something buy them some coffee while they're up here uh we are filmmakers ourselves and we know how hard it is to make a film and that's why we made the brave maker film fest so we could support independent filmmakers and their journeys and hopefully see you know five ten years from now remember that time we got together in redwood city and yeah. all the stories that intersected and now look at what we're doing so thank you prince street partners and all of our we have popcorn that is one of our sponsors we have republic metropolitan that's one of our sponsors uh we have others who are yet to confirm but i know they're coming on mm -hmm. like the chan zuckerberg initiative and others so thank you everybody who supports the brave maker film fest you can go to our website at bravemaker.com donate to become a sponsor today you can also use your your phone and just uh Text the word Brave Maker to 44321. Text the word Brave Maker to 44321. And you can give a donation today, become a monthly donor at $25 or $500. It helps us to do this work, Christine and I love to do. And side well, note, you can also shop on Amazon. Just use the, the website smile.amazon.com when you're going to shop online. And they give us a kickback to support the film work we are doing today. Christina. Yes, and we couldn't do the work that we're doing today without our amazing team. And we got to party with a few of them yesterday. We want to thank our live show producer, Amy Cohen, out of Austin, Texas. She's in Austin, Dr. May. You two Austin, can connect. Yeah. <laughs> and our last guests were from Austin, too. It's about the runway train. So a lot of beautiful creatives out there in Texas. Uh, we want to thank Carrie Alley, our social media manager. Arnell Amos, our podcast editor. They're both out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Emerson Morley, our Bay Area Brave Maker intern, and our newest intern, Sarah Agolia, who will be joining us for our film festival. We are so excited. Again, that is just July the 7th through the 11th. Please come out and join us. And don't miss next week where we have the filmmakers of our opening night film festival selection, Mama Bears, Darisha Kai, and one of her participants, Tammy, who is in the film, Mama Bears, is about the 40,000 person strong group wow. of parents who have decided to accept their children, go figure, and not reject them because of religious dogma. Their LGBT children uh, have been uh, maybe put aside because of traditional conservative religious things that have been taught that are antiquated and harmful and oppressive. But this group of moms and dads uh, have risen up to say, we love our children and we will stand up literally with any LGBTQ child and or adult who needs a parent in their life. And they have a wonderful documentary that we are going to show on July 7th in the Fox Theater uh, in Redwood City, California with so many cool guests. Christina yeah. will be facilitating that conversation. I am excited to be a part of it too and see all of you all, Mama and Papa Bears, come to Redwood City to celebrate. But we're going to talk to them in depth next week on the show live, 4 p.m. Pacific time. So yes. 
Don't miss it. All right. Thank you again to all of the uh, amazing filmmakers. Thank I am shaking you so my much hands. for having us. Yes, thank, thank you. you. You are awesome. We are so grateful to do this work with you and partner with you and uh, support you and celebrate you come July. It's going to be here before we know it. So thank you. We always end the show by saying these most important things that I know you all agree with. Brave stories change the world. And you are the story. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you. Don't go away. We want to take a picture with you. Well, hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining. We're going to do a special, special event today. Uh, normally, Christine and I banter back and forth together, but we are going to start and jump right in because we have some very, very special guests. Uh, my name is Tony Gapastone. I'm going to sign my name because I know how to do that. T-O-N. Why? Tony Gapasone, I am the founder and executive director of Brave Maker. I'm a filmmaker and actor myself. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, his, and I am a Caucasian man living in Redwood City, California, the Bay Area. And I am always joined by my friend, the fabulous co uh, collaborator and producer yes. of my next feature Ow! film, Christina <laughs> Ray Jackson. Welcome, hello, Christina. hello, everyone. Thank you, Tony. I am Christina Ray Jackson. My pronouns are he, she, they. I am queer and coming to you from Dublin, California. And I'm also a filmmaker and an actor and a comic book writer. And I'm rocking a wild blue fro today with the blue Batman cosplay costume on. And uh, it's wonderful to be here, Tony. And we have a very exciting show uh, with some exciting filmmakers who we will be um, potentially seeing this summer potentially is we could say like it's confirmed we are going to be hanging out <laughs> with the filmmakers of a film called being michelle and that is what we are here to discuss today yes. and so uh before we jump in we have to uh you know filmmakers we're gonna have them introduce themselves mm -hmm. and talk about their roles and their journeys but we, Christine and I, uh, we took two weeks off. It was actually a very nice two weeks off. Yeah, it was. It was a much needed two weeks off before we jump into our film festival, which is just six weeks away. And this is the very first promotional podcast leading up to that festival. But before we do our focused conversation today, Christine and I always ask or respond to a question 
And that question is, how are you braving your way toward your creative goals? And so if you're watching us live, I see a bunch of you are on live. Please feel free to jump in the, the comments and say, what's one thing you've done this week to focus on your, your film, your acting career, your music, the book that you're doing, whatever creative thing you are doing, what have you done to move it forward in one small way? Christina, what have you done this week? Had a very uh, productive conversation with our animation team. Tony and I shot a music video uh, for a music video that will be premiering hopefully at the film festival. So we had a meeting with the animation team. We are very excited to debut this video. It's one step closer. This is something we've been working on for the better part of a year, maybe over a year. Uh, so that's very exciting. That's how I'm braving my way. And May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Tony said we mentioned we took two weeks off. Definitely, I took a beat. I disconnected. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. Disconnect from social media, email, your iPhone. Take a minute to breathe and enjoy nature and enjoy the loved ones you have around you. And that's what I did to brave my way. What about you, Tony? I spent time with some of my favorite people outside of my family. They're my other family, my chosen family, my Brave Maker family. We hung out yesterday and right. we went to dinner and we had some very focused meetings on the film festival but we shot a quick little promo and i want to share it with you all right now oh, you're Truly, truly love these people. And we together are supporting filmmakers like you're going to meet right here. So that's how I was braving my way this week, just making a little thing that took us about an hour yeah. to shoot. And then I probably spent, you know, 45 minutes finding a song. I just realized I didn't even buy that song. I just had the, the <laughs> watermark. So I got to change that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but that was that was really fun. So with that, keep fun. going after your dreams, everybody. Yep. Keep following. Keep making things happen. Don't give up. It takes time. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And I'm sure we're going to hear that very thing about the film we're going to talk about today. So with that, yes. Christina, I will turn it over to you. With that, welcome the filmmakers from Being Michelle. Welcome Dr. May Kennedy. And welcome Aten and May. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> We are excited. Absolutely. You're excited to be. We're so excited to have you and very excited to be uh, hanging out with you later on this summer at the film festival. That is July 7th through the 11th. But let's jump in. I'm a huge comic book fan. I'm in comic book world. I got to approve a couple of colored pages this week. So let's start with origin stories. Uh, let's start with Dr. May Kennedy. We would love to know, well, introduce yourself. Uh, let's get a, a visual description and where were you born and raised? How has your journey uniquely prepared you for the work you're doing today? I know it's a lot. Hi, everyone. Yes, so I am Dr. May Kennedy. Um, I am the social impact advisor for this film. Uh, my description is Asian. I'm an American Asian female with long black hair, wearing a brown shirt. 
and I am deaf and I'm using sign language. Um, I was born and raised in Maryland. I was born in a deaf family. My parents are deaf and I have a deaf brother. I grew up in Maryland and um, I moved to Austin, Texas, where I am currently. I've been here over 15 years. Um, I guess as far as background, I am in instructional technology. My PhD is in instructional technology and somehow along the way, um, a colleague of mine led me to this film. Um, it was through a colleague who I had worked with previously and that is how I got involved with the film. When I first watched the film, it really blew my mind um, how much this story aligned with my personal experience. Uh, reason being is my son has autism and this film is about a deaf autistic woman. Um, and my father, as I said, is also deaf and he served in federal prison for seven and a half years. And I've seen firsthand um, the challenges that he faced and the oppression that he faced and the two journeys really aligned and I was just so honored to be a part of this film. Wow, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Okay, we're gonna throw the question over to attend where we were born and raised. How has your journey uniquely prepared you for the work you're doing? And yeah, you guys can decide who wants to go first. They are together uh, in this uh, video chat today. Well, my name is Atin and uh, I'm Indian. I was uh, born and raised in a uh, small town, not as very small, but uh, it's a place called Varanasi. It's one of the oldest living city on the earth. And, uh, you know, so, uh, and I pronounce he, him, and his, him, and he, sorry. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, growing up in uh, India, and you know, and I was born in the in a uh, rich family, but then we lost all the money and stuff. And I fall in love with the with the street kids, and I grew up around street with the street kid as a you know you can call it tourist guide, or I did so many things, you know, and uh, and you know struggled through the young age trying to find what I want in my life and. I came across uh, with the blessing of universe that you know some photographer, friend photographer, and uh, other filmmakers, and uh, they basically you know uh, I don't know how to you know take photos and stuff, but uh, they are the one taught me a little bit, and I start taking photos, and they told me that I can take I they go to school and college for photography, but I never went, and they said your photo is much more better than mine, so you should keep continue doing it. But still, I didn't know what photography mean. I was just taking photos, you know, like I didn't have a sense of, you know, uh, what you may call a uh, university standard or college standard, you know, uh, uh, compositions or frame or lighting and the stuff. I just, you know, did what I, I think maybe I think I feel like the, as a filmmaker, especially as an artist, I, I think I was forced to become artist. I don't know if I was artist before, uh, but I think the one thing does that if you have a hardship and experience, tough experience, your natural become, uh, I think, as soon as you get art into your hand, then you know, it really helps you to understand the world because you went through those process, you know. You learn how people 
react or cry or go through tough time because you went through the same time. So, yeah. Uh, and I think that that was the uh, the one thing drove me that I just want to tell a story because I think this story has, uh, th there's so many, you know, like everyone has a story, but then there's so many stories like me and Michelle, like Michelle, uh, if we don't bring that out to the world, the world will never know about them. And that story basically is, you know, it's lost. So I think as a as a filmmakers and artists, we have responsibility to share these stories to the world, and the world has to decide it, what they want to do with that. Oh, I love that. I am yes, and amening you all over yes. here, Atin. You're speaking our language. It's great. Atin Thank you. is speaking our language. Absolutely, definitely. We have all been brought here together because we are artists, and many of us have experienced challenge and struggle. I have personally, I usually include it in my visual description, but I'm not in my power chair today. I am a quadriplegic. I was paralyzed at 19. I definitely utilize art and enjoy art as an outlet to share my story and my journey and my struggles with others. That's really what helped me resonate with Michelle's story. It's so incredible. Uh, so yes, thank you. And now we are going to throw the question to May. Uh, please introduce yourself, give us a description and tell us where you were born and raised how has your journey uniquely prepared you for the work you're doing today? So my name is May. Um, I'm a white woman with brown hair. It's pulled back in a bun. I have a black t-shirt on and some little round earrings. Um, I um, was born in a small town in Southern Colorado called Westcliff. It's, it's in a beautiful mountain valley and we lived there. I um, have an older brother and a younger sister. We lived there till I was about seven and we started moving around the United States, um, lived in a number of different places. And um, starting at that age, I think, and having the experience of living in places where culture was very different or, you know, I've been through a whole gamut of different types of schools. Um, it just kind of from a young, young age made me um, able to connect with people from a variety of backgrounds. And I really love um, connecting with people from all over. Um, ultimately in college, I ended up studying abroad in India. And I lived in Varanasi for about a year. Um, halfway through my time there, I met a tin. And that was the beginning of our relationship. We're married and we um, make films together. We've been working together as filmmakers um, quite a number of years. We have another project we've been working on for a very long time. Um, but Being Michelle is our first completed film. I am a producer on the film and Tin and I work very closely. Um, independent filmmaking is, is a long, a long, <laughs> challenging and amazingly beautiful journey. Um, and um, one of my favorite things about it is pulling together the team that we work with because Ultimately, we can't do this alone. Um, we have an amazing team that we're working with. So I'll stop there for now. <laughs> we're so excited to be here. Kudos uh, to filmmaking duos and, you, you know, the finding the right team and then marrying part of that team. That's beautiful. Congratulations beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> on that. Uh, if you're just joining in, my name is Tony Gapastone and I'm talking uh, with Christina Jackson, my co-host with the team behind the film, 
being Michelle. You can find them on Instagram at being Michelle Film. That's their handle at being Michelle Film. You can also find them on the web at beingmichelle.com. And they are an official selection of the Brave Maker Film Festival. We are going to watch a 45 second teaser trailer about this film and we're going to encourage you to come and meet them and see the film in person on july 7th sorry july 9th that's a saturday the film festival starts july 7th their film is screening on saturday july 9th and we're we're just beyond excited to share this film with our redwood city audiences it is truly a film that will open up your eyes uh, on many different subjects to create empathy uh, for how we need to embrace uh, people of all abilities but also looking at our justice system and what happens to people who are incarcerated and when we don't provide uh, needed things for people like michelle who did not have an interpreter a deaf autistic woman who didn't have an interpreter for five years as she was uh, incarcerated. So we're going to share this 45 second trailer with you and then we're going to come back and we're going to hear uh, about the making of this film. Uh, I love that May you said it was a, a wonderful and beautiful creation and I know you left a lot of other descriptive words out of there I'm sure because making films are such a sacrifice a wonderful and beautiful sacrifice that takes a lot of time energy and money sweat blood and tears but we know it's so worth it to birth a story and literally in the story whoo is such a is such a beautiful story so here we go we're going to share the trailer with you all she's terrified of police officers you want to take your jacket off because you're hot? Are you hot? She won't talk. She's dead. Oh, she is? I can't even conceive of not being able to hear and not being able to talk in Florida State Prison. beingmichelle.com. Check it out. Learn more about the film and the filmmakers. Well, let's jump right in. So, uh, so first of all, how did you find Michelle? How did you come across this beautiful person? And what an artist she is, by the way. Uh, by the way, I have some big dreams about doing. We already have a few artists who will be exhibiting their work at some of our venues. So we're also looking for artists uh, we of all abilities, we have an LGBT artist on our opening night from Ability Path. Christina will know who that is. Uh, one of our partners that works with people of all abilities to uh, help them find life skills and uh, equip them with their jobs. But for July 9th, maybe we can have some Michelle art. I don't know, but we are also looking for artists who would want to partner and show show their work in our venues at the at the theater lobbies and different things. So reach out to us if that's you. But Atin. In May, how did you find Michelle? Tell us about the, the, the genesis of this documentary. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> I was a uh, first thing, you know, like we were um, making this another documentary. It's been 13 years. We are trying to finish. Uh, uh, we're following the three women for, you know, like last 13 years was the hardest, uh, hardest thing I ever worked on. And so I was on the work in India and I, a friend of mine, I came back just and a friend of mine called me and says, well, you know, we have 
I ha I know someone that you really want to make film about. And I was like, okay, who's that person is? And he says, her name is Kim. And I say, okay, well, uh, and I say, well, you know, it's, it's very hard to make documentary and I know you want me to do it, but it's a long process. We don't know how long it's going to take. Uh, but he said, you know, he, let's discuss because I already bought a ticket. Let's discuss when we are there. So, uh, he, you know, he, I didn't leave any uh, any option. He's also our uh, EP. His name is Rajiv Sangvi, such an amazing human being and good friend. So we flew and uh, I met Kim and I saw Michelle for just a you know, few seconds here. Then she was very shy. You know, she was always hiding behind, you know, and. So I saw it, but I didn't know much about her. And uh, we had to go to Panama City to meet Kim's parents because there was a big, huge uh, hurricane hit, and it was you know devastating there in Panama. So we went there, and as soon as we arrived, we saw the uh, we heard the news that Michelle ran away. And I was like, "What? Who is Michelle? And what? Why she run away?" So we had we I didn't have any answer basically. I just turned on my camera and we just followed that chase, uh, and it was eighteen hours total, you know, until we found her. And that's the part of the film, you know. I'm not gonna reveal anything, but more. Uh, but that was the basically kick. I looked up and I said to Universe, I think there's something's really powerful and strong about her. And same, you know, like the art was, you know, who she is and. And also we looked at each other and we had this click that, you know, her, as and within a few hours we start talking and I, I don't know the sign language and stuff, but I think we figure out our own language and we write things or we text, each, you know, through, communicate through the text uh, message and messages and the stuff. And, you know, and then she just opened up and, you know, uh, yeah, it's a, you know, the people, I know, we can we can talk about it so many ways, but you know what made me uh, and May both feel like we need to make this film is because who she is and how strong she is and what she went through. You know, coming from India, like you know, you have this you know a dream in India. Oh, America is a perfect place. Everything is great. And when you arrived, and it was a first encounter I had with the deaf community in that way, and it was very shocking and brutal. And a brutal in the same way that how how uh, we don't hear this kind of story internationally even because you know internationally America image is very it's all about dollars it's all about money it's all about how great this country is and how powerful army or weapons it's all about always about money not about uh, how uh, how people are also struggling in this country you know so caring for the vulnerable which yeah. obviously in this day and time we're seeing that be the case with you know so many kids who lost their lives yesterday in austin yeah, texas yeah, yeah so you know so that i feel like that was pretty you know shocking to us and then you know as soon as we start figuring out the numbers and stuff and we were like oh wow there's not only michelle there's so many deaf people disabled people in the prison system so i think that was the beginning but i will say we are all here because of michelle and you know i always thanks her because it's very hard uh, for people to just come and tell their story with the dignity and honesty and sometimes going back into the trauma. You know, I think what she did is just I'm uh, um, always grateful. And I think this country should be grateful too that she step up, you know, to share her story. Absolutely. That's a perfect description. I'm so grateful to Michelle 
for being vulnerable and sharing this story. Um, the disability community is so broad and so colorful, but her story is one that even I had never heard anything like it. You know, I, I, I'm familiar with police brutality as a black person in a wheelchair. I'm very familiar with that. I had no idea about the experience of people who are deaf with autism. And, and like you said, it was so brutal and so shocking. And it's what we need to be talking about instead of money and material things that don't really matter. We need to get back to how do we support and love the most vulnerable among us? And how do we, you know, start to share that message? So thank you. Yeah, Tony, you were going to say? Yeah, I wanted to hear about the making of because it looks like you i mean you did a lot of uh, reenactment with michelle like how powerful and also he potentially healing or not could that have been right so can you talk us through that as a documentarian filmmaker you know there's so many different ways to tell a story and the fact that you were able to partner with michelle to reenact some of those things i thought was a really interesting choice tell us about that yeah no, I think the one of the one of the hardest thing we ever shot was the in the prison, you know, when she had this black box, uh, uh, you know, and then so man, we discussed and I was like, you know, I don't want her to do that. I don't want her to go into prison and, you know, again, had those chains and stuff. So I I told her that, you know, I'm going to find some actor or someone and not going to show their face and do all this thing. And she's like, no, this is my story and I want to do it. So. You know, the Michelle involvement was uh, as soon as she figured out. I think that's that's the one thing as a filmmaker we don't value so much because we are always, you know, trapped into so many other things. It's exhausting. But the one thing was the most powerful. As soon as the, she understood what filmmaking is, she was a part of the camera. She was, you know, watching all the shootings. I started shooting and showing her because I was living in their property and on in RV, basically. So... I shoot some stuff and I show her because before she was like, oh, why are you shooting my photo? Why are you taking this and that? As soon as she learned and she saw and we build that trust between, you know, team and her and our team was only two people, basically, you know, and then we had a, we trained a sound person was a sound girl was the daughter of Kim. So we trained her how to do the sound and now she's an amazing sound person, you know? And so for me, it was very important to keep the crew and equipment also very small uh, because and have a same times very high quality, you know, and images. But we kept it because the reason is it's, it's a trust and also it's a privacy issues, you know, to respect her space. You know? so. And I'll just add to that, that, you know, one of the most powerful things in this film and also in our other film that's in progress is the camera itself and having our team who sits down to truly listen to someone's story. It's like one, it's like the first step of healing, like giving them the space where they are able to share what they've experienced and be heard and feel heard and be supported. Um, yeah, it's really powerful. And then to have her work with us the whole way, you know, um, with her paintings and, you know, finding other pieces that should come into the story and, you know, various interviews connecting us. It was, um, we had a full rough cut that we had put together and um, we had worked with a couple interpreters to make an ASL version so that Michelle could watch it as well and give us feedback. Um, Michelle experienced language deprivation from a very young age. And so, you know, she can't read, um, fully, you know, captions and understand what's going on. So we had an ASL version, but even the ASL version, 
parts of it were hard for her to understand. So we also worked with a deaf interpreter alongside the ASL version to make sure she understood, you know, what the film was. We got her feedback. And it was during that trip that she found her foster mom on Facebook. That, that was cool. So, uh, you know, we shouldn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're <laughs> no spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. No, but, you know, one thing you have to understand, despite whatever happened to her, uh, she's very focused. If you tell her something to do, she will put her soul and heart into that and she will get, get it done. Like some of the stuff she found in the film. I don't, we were trying everywhere. We couldn't find it. And she went on the internet, air there, and then she found it. Wow. Yeah. Like even like addresses and stuff is like seven years ago, six years ago. I don't know how, because she had Google Earth. So she went in Google Earth and found all those addresses for us, you know. She is so So, remarkable. Because she was also become very passionate about her own Mm. story, you know, and that's something I say as a filmmaker that this why story is so important because yeah. you know it's listening someone is one mm-hmm. of the most beautiful thing if you can just sit and listen their story i think that's what was not happening to her people they never give her freedom they never give her mm-hmm. space they never respect her space and also they never sat down even her own family they didn't have time because of other issues uh, they never sit down with her and just to listen oh, how's your day and what she what you you know and like how you survived basically through all mm-hmm. this year so i think yes. that, that really uh, that i think that was the key for the building that trust with her because then she knew that she has she is in safe hand you know mm-hmm. you know yeah. michelle's passion is what makes i think this film so magical because you do feel like you're seeing something very intimate you could tell that she's with people that she trusts that she feels safe in the way that she shared, you know, very difficult aspects of her life in a very generous way. And I thought that was really incredible. I'm curious, Dr. Kennedy, what was your approach uh, to bringing this story to life? I'm so sorry. Um, The interpreter's video has been freezing up. It's been a bit hard to follow, but could you repeat your question? I'm so sorry. Yeah, absolutely. What was your approach to help bring this story to life in a, in a very authentic and passionate way as Michelle was conveying oh, I'm it? so sorry. Still freezing. Um, what was my approach to, and then the video cut out. Oh, bringing this story to life, bringing Michelle's story to life. Um, so my experience was definitely meeting with her in person and getting to know her. Um, and when I first met her, I honestly didn't know what to expect because I did see the movie, but after I met her, oh my goodness, (laughs) it was discovering just how full of passion, energy, and hope that she had for life, that she really wanted to live her life. Her confidence had increased tenfold. That was something I had not. Yes, can the interpreter see me okay? Am I freezing? No, you're fine. Perfect. Um, So her confidence had increased tenfold even after just watching the movie and meeting her in person. Um, 
and I, I was I wanted to bring her voice out from under the shadows. And so we had discussed some different ideas uh, with the team, how to create more of an impact for this film. Um, one idea was to add educational supplemental materials to the film, using that as a way to continue to push for education, to push for change. Um, but her voice is so important and it's just, as you said, very important to share that authentically. Um, one thing I wanted to add from earlier, I didn't get a chance to, but um, art is truly Michelle's medium to express different things, but also to depict her trauma um, and depict her hope in the same way. Um, art is a form of communication for her so um, my connection with Michelle is seeing that even though there may be things she does not understand, she will ask. She asks questions to gain understanding. She's not afraid to get clarity. She's not afraid to broaden her understanding and to get better. She's just a tremendous, tremendous person. It was just amazing to meet her and be a part of this journey. Thank you, Dr. May Kennedy. Uh, I so appreciate the talent of her art too. I mean, it's good art. <laughs> it's really good art. And those of you who will follow, can follow along on the Instagram page, I really encourage you to do that because you'll see some of that at being Michelle Film. That's their handle on Instagram and in the film. They you do a really yes. good job of weaving that in together. Yes, and to add to that, she actually created a piece of art for me, which is incredibly special. Oh, uh, let's see. That now. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. Michelle loves cats. <laughs> that is so cool. Yes. So what, so what could you describe it? Give a physical description. Uh, could you describe that? It looked like it was a, uh, I forget that we can't oh, do yeah, it. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, this painting is in an aqua color with clouds surrounding the subject with an I love you balloon that a cat is holding. Um, and this is from, this is in the style of the 1950s. We can do it. Um, that's a picture of a, a cat with that outfit on and then a little girl that is riding on the string of the balloon that says I love you. And there's the, one airplane in the top corner flying through the sky. I love that. And the balloon is, <laughs> a, right, a, yes. is the sign of I love you. So the balloon yes. is the sign of I love you. Yes. Yes, so, that's correct. Yes, so the balloon cool. um, has the sign of I love you. And <clears throat> the airplane is significant because during the, um, the film festival, it was her first time getting on a flight in her life. So it was her first flight ever. And... I just think that really applies to how brave she is. Again, how brave she was to tell her story, how brave she was to try new things, how brave she is to continue exploring what the world has to offer her. Um, that she did not get that experience. She did not get to experience that growing up. So it's just wonderful. It's just very depictive, this picture. Well, you know, as brave maker as the film festival named with the word brave in it I, that's why it's it's per a perfect story for us to share and to celebrate because we believe and i think you're all saying this too we believe stories can change us change the world they can 
alter the way that we see the world change us as humans, but they can also change systems. And that's really what I also see this film uh, doing for the future, bettering those who have to endure what uh, Michelle endured, but not have to endure alone and or without their basic needs of being able to speak in uh, in. ASL and get interpretation while they're incarcerated and all those different things that the film um, surface. So I'm going to encourage you, Brave Maker audiences, uh, please go to our website, bravemaker.com sure, sure. and yeah. get tickets to watch this film on Saturday, July 9th at 3 p.m. at the Century 20 Theater in Redwood City, California on the big screen and stay after for a panel discussion. We, we always want to uh, program a film that has a panel discussion after because we believe film partnered with conversation is what can really open us up and open our minds and help us to take action and i also love that you're creating those resources for follow-up because uh again the, the the medium of storytelling you know we watch a film like we like then what we want to do something about it so i think it's so so powerful uh and you have a great website and a great presence on uh, online so thank you that you said yes to coming to redwood city we're really excited to be able to share this film is there anything before we um close our time is there anything you want to tell people who are maybe uh curious about documentaries i still feel as if documentaries they're gaining popularity they're becoming more and more mainstream in the zeitgeist but there are still people who are like documentaries talking head no thank you what would you say to entice a person to come to a film festival number one to see a documentary number two i would say you get the opportunity to hear michelle's story it's a true story um in her in her language, um, from her, um, and you get to meet her in person afterwards. <laughs> Is she going to be there? Yes, Michelle's coming. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes. I don't think I did. Maybe I, you, I didn't know that until now. That's amazing. I'm so excited. Yes, yes. And I would like to add too that every time I see the film, I feel impacted again and again and again. Um, there are many emotions that will be felt, you know, many things to think about seeing things through her eyes. Oh my goodness. Aten and May did an amazing job delivering her story for people to see it. You have to see it. You just have to see it. Do not sleep on the tickets. Y'all There's only 200 and some tickets. So get on it. And, uh, four days of film festival, uh, screenings, parties, panel discussions, we are continuing to release the schedule on our website. You can check it out from Thursday night, our opening night with Mama Bears, another amazing documentary about people rising up above the obstacles that have been put before them to an outdoor um, documentary in the square of Redwood City called Alice Street to narrative feature short film animation. We also have some really cool people coming up from Los Angeles TV showrunner uh, Jeffrey Lieber, uh, who just wrapped uh, some time on Charmed on the CW, but also is the co-creator of Lost, as well as Angela Harvey, wrote on 100 episodes of Teen Wolf on MTV and is currently working on some um, really cool things in inclusion and diversity in regards to writers in LA. Can't wait for you to meet them. There are 
workshops and meetups for actors, for filmmakers, screenwriters, and directors, all sorts of really cool things. Uh, we have some really great panel discussions on sexual assault in the educational athletic um, industry, as well as some really cool documentaries about what's happening uh, in our the food that we eat every day and the people whose hands harvest that and bring them to our tables and you know the untold stories of our, our farm workers in our country. So do not miss the Brave Maker Film Festival from July 7th through the 10th. All right, well, it is time for the end of our show. And that is the show, the segment that we call Brave Faves. Brave Faves, TV shows, films, books, songs, technology, clothing, podcast, food, and more. These are a few of our favorite people, places, and things. Brave Faves. All right, we'll start with Christina. What's your favorite thing of the week? Wonderful. Looks like I made it back right on time. So we love storytelling. Stories change the world, especially brave, vulnerable stories. There's a great show on HBO Max that I've just discovered, Caught the Shop. And some stars you may recognize, Snoop Dogg, Jon Stewart, Drake, Jimmy Kimmel, and Ice Cube are just some of the big names who step into barbershops across America to chat with LeBron James and Maverick Carter about sports, pop culture, world events, business, and much, much more. And I think it is spaces like these where you feel safe and we can open up and share stories like Michelle's and share stories like ours, you know, what life is like in America, being black, being disabled, having autism, having a parent in prison, what that was like growing up in that way, um, life changing dramatically due to injury or accident or being incarcerated. So I think more spaces like these can help change the world. Let's continue to have conversations about gun reform and about yes. violence, about how we can love and support all of us, but especially the most vulnerable among us who don't normally have a voice and aren't seen and aren't heard. So that's my brave fave. And I'll throw it over to you, Tony. My brave fave is Barry on HBO Max. It is in its third season. I loved uh, season one and season two a ton. It's sort of this high concept TV show starring Bill Hader about a hitman who goes to acting school and decides he wants to give up killing people to be a hitman, to be an actor. And, oh. uh, and then, uh, you know, hijinks ensue and it's, it takes place in LA. So I love, I love LA industry stories, you know, because I know what it feels like to be pitching things and going on auditions. So you've got that coupled with this organized crime comedy. It's really fun. And maybe season three is a little bit more on the, the dark kind of sad side of, uh, of the story for both the acting and for the guy who's trying to make good choices and deal with his own mental health. So Barry, HBO Max, or HBO, I, I love it. Bill Hader is really great. And Henry Winkler is so great as the acting teacher. I love Henry Winkler. So, so good. All right, Dr. May, what do you have? What's your favorite thing of the week? Honestly, I thought about one um, that I would love to share. Just in general, though, it's an app, uh, which was crucial to our team that we use very often. Um, and this is what I use on the daily to communicate with hearing people. It's called Cardzilla. Um, and the Cardzilla app was developed by a deaf person. So check it out. It's really cool. You can type something in. It's in big font 
and you let someone read it and then you shake your phone and it disappears. And then you can type again. <laughs> cool. Cardzilla. So would Cardzilla yeah, be something? And you can also um, uh, speak to text too. So for people that um, are not able to text, you can speak to text, which is great. So Love Cardzilla that. should be an app that for us Brave Makers, we should really be using when we all see you in person. Uh, in, in July, yes? Okay, yeah, Cardzilla. All right, we will do that. Yes. Atin, what about you? Well, I'm uh, uh, I'm looking for the, my next camera. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know, like, so, you know, like I always try to find the camera is more compatible, uh, especially as a filmmaker. And if I, I don't want to do everything, but if I can do a one or two person shoot for my next projects and stuff, so the, the, the revolution started by, uh, it came a few months ago, but I'm doing a lot of research right now. It's a DJI Ronin 4D. It's a camera, so it's a gimbal plus camera. Ooh. So you don't need it. You don't need a tripod. You don't need a gimbal, because that's the biggest struggle as a camera person. I've been in a, in a, in a film yeah. and, and camera for last 15, 14, 15 years. And so I think this is a huge, because uh, you don't have to have a tripod. You don't have to have anything. And there will be no shake and stuff and it's easy to carry and you have a, i'm all about quality so i'm a quality mm -hmm. freak i call myself because i feel like the the the, the idea the people they have the, oh a documentary can be shoot by anything or any camera uh i'm against with that kind of camera yeah sure you can shoot an iphone and for certain things you can use that and especially COVID time i understand zoom and computer but i do feel like there should be there shouldn't be no compromise between fiction and nonfiction by quality, you know, right. because the story is doesn't have a famous celebrity inside or doesn't have written by or produced by someone big. You go to cheap camera. No, I don't believe in that. So yeah. this camera, I think it's going to make a revolution for us, for filmmakers. And I think yeah, it's a, it looks like it's beautiful. So. Serve the story. So, so for all the people who love gear, what did you film being Michelle on? We shot with the two camera basically. There was always two camera, and uh, I shot with the Allison, and she did a. Uh, she used a Sony A9 uh, for the most of the you know the, when we are doing in gimbal, anything is moving in action, and then I had my uh, Panasonic EVA one with my. Canon uh, cinema lens series I have. So they are all manual lenses because I love manually. I don't believe in auto, you know, I'm old school still. I like the film cameras. So for me, it's like all this wall that, you know, I don't, I don't want to create a trash, you know, <laughs> I want to create the beautiful images. And for me, I treat still the digital as a film, you know, mm -hmm. because sooner or later it's going to hurt you when it, your hard drive grows and everything is grows, especially if you're shooting 4k, even if you're doing proxy or whatever, it's still, you know, we, we spend almost probably, uh, 50 terabyte on this film, like, you know, terabyte, you're talking about a lot, a lot, lot of hard drive <laughs> space. Yeah. You know? So, but we shot for three and a half years, you know, and, um, uh, but I think that, yeah, that's, that's the, the, yeah, like you, I feel like the, when you shoot less, you're more happy because the reason is 
and you are not happy only, but you're making a rest of the people. They're coming in the future on the board as editors or editors, <laughs> making yeah. everyone happy. Because, Your editor, yeah, yeah. for sure. For yeah, sure. and you memorize too. That's the other thing. If you shoot something that has meaning and has a power, that you, it's it's all here. It's recorded. So mm -hmm. most of the times, even if I shot and was 17, 18, 20 terabyte of footage, sit down with the editor and they ask me, they call me and I say, oh, you need to go this day, this, this. I don't have to look at the. You know it. You Because so, you know, those are memories, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so as I'm listening to you talking, I'm just thinking that there are so many people who want to get coffee with you when you come up to Redwood City. So uh, to all of our filmmakers in the Bay Area who are coming to the Rave Maker Film Festival, there's so much time in the schedule to grab coffee at our our, our sponsoring cafe, Ciclismo, grab a cup of coffee and talk gear, talk shop with a tin. He's obviously got a lot of experience yeah. and, uh, and knowledge to share. And I can't wait to see all the connections that come from from this experience awesome. uh, uh may what about you what's your brave fave um well i got off a meeting today with um the guided campaign program with looky looky pictures and i just want to give a shout out to looky looky pictures if you're an independent filmmaker who's been on a long journey trying to get your film out doing everything you know um Looky Looky Pictures has been an incredible support on mm. brainstorming and thinking about and planning and implementing our social impact campaign. Awesome. Annie Mercedes is just amazing. And I, I've said um, before to Annie that her guided campaign program has probably been the greatest support we have received as independent documentary filmmakers in our 15 plus year of working together in this, in this, in this realm. So check it out. Looky Looky Pictures. Yeah. So, so for clarification, they are doing the, not social media or social media as well as impact like your resources development or what? So it's a guided campaign program for a social impact campaign for your film. Gotcha. So, you know, you have this powerful documentary, you've worked yeah. so hard to get it together. And then there's this whole next journey of figuring out how you're going to connect the film with the audiences that need to mm -hmm. see it, with the audiences that can actually start making those changes. Um, that need to happen in the systems and in our wow. society. And so Annie's just done an amazing job of putting together, she's wow. a social impact producer herself. She's done an amazing job of putting together um, resources and really just like, it's like, okay, start here and you follow this map and it's, and then you get to meet weekly with other independent filmmakers who are also on their journey and you ask, you know, have conversations, ask questions. It's just been incredible. Incredible. Love this. Yeah. Yes. Right on. Well, thank you so much to our friends from Being Michelle the Film. Please follow them at Being Michelle Film on Insta and go to their website at beingmichelle.com to learn more about their film. Follow them on all their socials. And again, July 9th, Saturday at 3 p.m. in the Redwood City Century 20 Cinemark Theater. We will be there, panel discussions. And I think you're going to come up early. We're going to hang out. We're going to party. We're going to have fun. We're going to meet and schmooze and, and celebrate the power of film all around, the power of the deaf community and their stories that you get to tell. Really excited to have you. Uh, I'll do my... Uh, 
my ending with everybody on here. My uh, huge thank you to our Braidmaker community for the support. I'm also going to thank Prince Street Partners, who are our presenting sponsor for the film festival. We cannot do it without our corporate sponsors, without our individual donors that give us everything from the gear to help us pay the rent in our studios to allow us to get lodging and give our, our feature filmmakers a little bit of stipend, a little something, buy them some coffee while they're up here. Uh, we are filmmakers ourselves and we know how hard it is to make a film and that's why we made the brave maker film fest so we could support independent filmmakers and their journeys and hopefully see you know five ten years from now remember that time we got together in redwood city and yeah. all the stories that intersected and now look at what we're doing so thank you prince street partners and all of our we have popcorn that is one of our sponsors we have republic metropolitan that's one of our sponsors uh we have others who are yet to confirm but i know they're coming on mm -hmm. like the chan zuckerberg initiative and others so thank you everybody who supports the brave maker film fest you can go to our website at bravemaker.com donate to become a sponsor today you can also use your your phone and just uh Text the word Brave Maker to 44321. Text the word Brave Maker to 44321. And you can give a donation today, become a monthly donor at $25 or $500. It helps us to do this work, Christine and I love to do. And side well, note, you can also shop on Amazon. Just use the, the website smile.amazon.com when you're going to shop online. And they give us a kickback to support the film work we are doing today. Christina. Yes, and we couldn't do the work that we're doing today without our amazing team. And we got to party with a few of them yesterday. We want to thank our live show producer, Amy Cohen, out of Austin, Texas. She's in Austin, Dr. May. You two Austin, can connect. Yeah. <laughs> and our last guests were from Austin, too. It's about the runway train. So a lot of beautiful creatives out there in Texas. Uh, we want to thank Carrie Alley, our social media manager. Barnell Amos, our podcast editor. They're both out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Emerson Morley, our Bay Area Brave Maker intern, and our newest intern, Sarah Agolia, who will be joining us for our film festival. We are so excited. Again, that is just July the 7th through the 11th. Please come out and join us. And don't miss next week where we have the filmmakers of our opening night film festival selection, Mama Bears, Darisha Kai, and one of her participants, Tammy, who is in the film, Mama Bears, is about the 40,000 person strong group wow. of parents who have decided to accept their children, go figure, and not reject them because of religious dogma. Their LGBT children uh, have been uh, maybe put aside because of traditional conservative religious things that have been taught that are antiquated and harmful and oppressive. But this group of moms and dads uh, have risen up to say, we love our children and we will stand up literally with any LGBTQ child and or adult who needs a parent in their life. And they have a wonderful documentary that we are going to show on July 7th in the Fox Theater uh, in Redwood City, California with so many cool guests. Christina yeah. will be facilitating that conversation. I am excited to be a part of it too and see all of you all, Mama and Papa Bears, come to Redwood City to celebrate. But we're going to talk to them in depth next week on the show live 4 p.m. Pacific time. So yes, don't miss it. <laughs> all right. Thank you again to all of the uh, amazing filmmakers. Thank I'm shaking you. my so hand. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. You are awesome. We are so grateful to do this work with you and partner with you and uh, support you and celebrate you come July. It's going to be here before we know it. So thank you. We always end the show by saying these most important things that I know you all agree with is brave stories change the world. And you are the story. Goodbye, everyone.
Goodbye. Thank you. Don't go away. We want to take a picture with you. Okay. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at BraveMaker.org. Like, subscribe, and share. To become a monthly donor, text the word BRAVEMAKER to 44321 or go to bravemaker.com slash donate. Thanks for tuning in.